Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. We are on the second round of a code open and I think we're kind of like getting into it now. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I think we're getting, we're getting the hang of it for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, it's been quite an interesting week. We are recording this on a Tuesday evening, uh, just a little, right before 10 o'clock in the evening, Chris. And it, and I think it's so much has happened in the Twitter realm since we last recorded. Twitter.com has been fun times. Twitter.com has been fun times. Of course, we've continued the, the chicken wars, the chicken sandwich wars have continued continued uh we had the bed bugs thing this this past 24 hours uh with uh brett stevens if you if you're not aware what that is i would definitely definitely look that up uh but the thing i think chris that is of most interest to our listeners if they weren't already aware is friday evening i believe it was coach john calipari the most powerful person in kentucky not matt bevan uh sorry donald trump uh posted a picture of him out on the golf course with none other than former president Barack Obama and BBN was quite not enthused. Chris. Do, you, do you think that Rick Pitino saw that tweet? <laughs> um, of course. Yeah, you, you, do you, do you think, that was like legitimately there. I had a lot of reactions immediately when that happened. It was the highlight of you know, probably my mom, to be honest with you. Um, but that was one of the first things that I thought of was, you know, if Ferbatino was still coaching at Louisville and if Ferbatino was as active on Twitter, how would he respond to this? Would he take a picture with Hillary Clinton? Because, you know, it would be kind of a, a reasonable response, but not that good. So that would like, kind of equate. But no, I mean, the, the story was the reaction from, from the Kentucky fans. And dear <laughs> Lord, they absolutely delivered. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've so got I, we've got some responses. We we've got some responses picked out, some of the best ones. Chris, by do you, do you I can one? just run through a couple of these. So I've got some from directly from John Calipari that tweet, um, some from Matt Jones who retweeted, and then also put an article on KSR. So I'm just gonna go through a few of these. Please we do, can, Chris. Please. We can pause and discuss any of them if we need to. We can just keep moving if we like to. The very first one right off the bat, which was pretty funny to me. This is from KSR. This is from TPA Cat. And his comment was, I'll say the same thing to Cal's I say to LeBron James. And that is, just shut up and dribble. <laughs> I mean, you're not hatting it there. So uh, kudos to that guy. Isn't um, that the title of like of LeBron's documentary about being a political actor? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I thought you really brought the heat right away, Chris. Really so, keep it going. And, and this one was was pretty clever, actually. I kind of like this. This was um, to Kentucky Sports Radio on uh, James Salmon one on Twitter. Both of one title, 2012 in healthcare. I like that. <laughs> that, that, that was kind of clever. Um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. So as well. I, yeah, I wanted to give you know a fair representation. A fair I didn't representation. want them all to be. I, not so, all of the responses were negative. Uh. Exactly. Exactly. I wanted to make sure I included all that. Um, one was from UK professor. Um, so I don't know if he's a world professor or not, but this was, this was a humdinger right here. This was on Kentucky sports radio. Thank you. East Kentucky boy. B.O. did more to capitalize, ruin this country, and set it back than any other president in the last 60 years. And frankly, I am surprised that Cal would stoop, no pun intended, to such a low level and disgrace himself by being in his presence. B.O. should be in prison, not on a golf course, and KSR should have never posted this shit. (laughs) 
You know, the, the thing about going through some of these is I can make a very like deep theory on Matt Jones running for Senate based upon some of these responses and how that thing's going to play out <laughs> by just looking at some of these comments. But I'll keep rolling. Let me um, let me throw one in real quick. I, I've got one pulled up. Uh, OK. Uh, at Perry Poconut one. And this is directly to the uh, to the Cal account. Um, Cal chilling with Obama. He needs to instead be in the gym getting ready for the season and winning title number eight. <laughs> and then someone replies immediately under him uh, at Poconut. He won title number eight in 2012. <laughs> Just a reminder, Mister. <laughs> so I've got a, I've got a few more here. Uh, please, the, the please. K- the, the KSR page is the one I could come to. I'm sorry, they just keep delivering. Um, this is Calhoun's crossing NT. Memphis and Duke will still clean his clock in the recruiting show. It doesn't matter who he's seen with on the links. Um, which, I mean, this is a Kentucky fan. Um, <laughs> that's a that's eight, man. Um, meet one KY. I say you respect the office regardless who's in and let's play sports. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, I also I, I was speaking of shout outs. I want to shout out Coop uh, at Ono Coop. Uh, oh, my if, God. If you're, a, if you're uh, an aware, American hero, an American hero, um, one of my favorite Kentucky fans who uh, is is very much a troll. He trolls Louisville fans all the time. So, you know, it's 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 all it's all love with Coop. I always know he's messing around. Uh, but he replied to the Cal tweet. Uh, this is awesome. I think I speak for all of Kentucky when I say we love and respect President Obama. This is an absolute great move. The responses to him were just lit. Uh, one at Big Trucker Steve, or no, Big Truck Trucker. His name is Steve um, with the old school UK logo a- a- avatar. You don't speak for me, and I doubt you speak for the majority of Kentucky. <laughs> that was the, the best one from that. He didn't have a whole lot of response to that. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I do want to leave on this one, at least for me. If you got anything else, you can, you can go ahead and throw it out there. But this was from Ned T on Twitter. And he said, this picture alone means I would never watch a UK game again. 1977 was my first year. This is my last. <laughs> that is uh, that is the most ridiculous response by by far. I think I think we got to leave it there, Chris. That was. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I think there's no better way to start there's, the show. Let's just start the show. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. And we're back, Chris. That was a, a great way to get things started. Uh, but there are there are things to attend to. You know, we wanted to we wanted to talk about something that it's sort of local adjacent. I don't know. We, there's a lot of Indianapolis Colts fans in, in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I know. Uh, you know, some in the media. I know uh, Nick Coffee in the in the red zone is a bit is a huge fan, and some other guys across all the different media. So they were all you know all the all the Indianapolis Colts fans in general. I think NFL fans were just kind of just floored. Uh, but it's Andrew Luck retirement news from retiring uh, Saturday evening. And the response on Twitter, I think, you know, we've, we've been talking about Twitter this whole show kind of already. But it, it, you had an interesting point that you mentioned to me in our conversation before, um, Chris. And I, and I wanted you to bring it up, you know, and because and, I think it's a good jumping off place in terms of the response to Andrew Luck and, 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 and how we respond to these kinds of big events at this point and, and kind of uh, our, our reality and history. Yeah, I just kind of think 
that by the time we have been able to formulate, formulate you know, beyond the, the surprise and the shock, and we're able to form an opinion that it's kind of been railroaded by just these absurd takes that come out of nowhere. And they're generally from guys, I mean, this time they were from Dan Dockage, no surprise, and, and Doug Gottlieb, and I don't even have to read the tweets by now. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've probably seen them. Um, but just the, the, you know, the soft society millennial stuff. And it doesn't it doesn't even give you a chance to give any nuance to, to the way you, you view the situation because right. you're, you're so quick to, to rail against that because my whole like perspective was um, – I had time to step back and kind of look at it because I was hiking and camping Saturday night. So I wasn't as plugged in as some other people. I saw the news while I was doing that. And I was kind of shocked and I was like, huh, that's well. Um, but I, but I didn't experience it the, the same way everyone else did. And my whole thing was like the fan, the whole booing of the fans, I thought was a little overblown. I, I think almost any fan base in that situation, that shock is probably going to respond somewhat like that. Um, whether it's worthy or not, because there's a guy you know that's that's been kind of obviously the face of their franchise, who the Indianapolis Colts haven't been truthful with about his injury history for the last five years. They really know what's going on with him. He's a guy that just signed a pretty lucrative contract. That was the reaction, but people don't even have a chance to view like the the nuance of that situation. To say, okay, there's some way you, you could be frustrated with Andrew Luck's decision, but you also have to understand that this guy's out here, you know, putting his body on the line and, and you know, rolling around his brains every day he goes to the football field and it's not right. making me any better. But no one has the opportunity to even do that because in that moment you have to quickly go against the things that that these guys like Doug Gottlieb and, and Dan Dawkins are just writing to Twitter to say, you know, to, to grab the attention of an audience and whether they believe it or not. I truly like I don't believe that some of the things these guys, especially in these situations, say they truly hold that opinion, but they're playing the game. They're playing the game that everyone plays. And it, it, it just it, it's kind of unfortunate because we don't really get to have an honest and open discussion about these things. And I think that was my biggest takeaway. No, I could put I, I think that's a great point. And, and yeah, it's we, we have. Listen, I, I I think a lot is made of of the fact that Twitter is just people getting mad at other people. That's definitely a big part of the internet. People getting mad at other people is a big part of the internet. But I think it's overblown how much how much of it that is. There's a lot of there's plenty of great communities, plenty of of people sharing you know positive things, and, and it's just it yes, it's harder it's harder to to dig through the noise that tends to be these these weird arguments or, or stupid arguments and or, or quite legitimate arguments. But you're absolutely right, especially when it comes to sports. And I think, I think we've, especially for guys, I don't know. I, I, I almost feel like there's guys like Gottlieb. There's guys like Dockage that know, they know that they have not, not to be like they're clickbaity. It's almost like not even quite clickbaity. It's like in the 2019 world we live in, that first take is like, is like mass produced theater of like sports oratory arguments that they know that someone has to stand on this corner right? and they're just sprinting to that corner to be the unpopular one and potentially get some cheap heat off of, uh, off of, off of like having a, a really shitty opinion. I mean, it, it, it can take me down so many different paths and we can literally talk about it for a while, but it, it's the thing that frustrates me so much because I look at it and I see like this kind of 
thing happening more and more. And I'm like, you know, this is why things like Grantline, Grantland didn't survive. This is yeah. why long, long form columns and editorials don't have the place they used to have in, in the internet because people want these opinions that they can villainy say, no, I agree with you. Or I'm in your corner and I'm going to fight like the deaf. And they don't want any smart discussion about I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm kind of feel like I'm sounding like a 40 year old talking to a bunch of 18, 17 year olds right? when I when I talk like this. Like I'm like I'm get off my lawn, man. But it's 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 quite frustrating when there's no nuance whatsoever in a situation, and then suddenly because of the the matter of you know Trump and and the climate right now it becomes. A, Automatically, you mentioned snowflakes, and it automatically yes. becomes a political discussion. Exactly, and, that's a whole and this is such an interesting situation that it takes nuance. It 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 it, it really does take sincere nuance and you know depth and and an opportunity to i think there's an opportunity to talk about generations here i think there's an opportunity to talk about the difference in in football players and sports and athletes now as compared to 40 years ago when there wasn't a full understanding of what football could do to your body i think that's a fair discussion to have and we didn't get to have that discussion because idiots like dan dockage and 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 Gottlieb or like oh well it's a millennial thing millennials are weak they're no no people just know more shit now people right. know that that football really messes with you yeah. and even and i was i was really taken aback today by gronk like I don't know if you saw the the Gronk press conference, Chris. The that he- I, I didn't. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about that just because of, I don't remember any of this reaction when he retired because he's a well, fun guy. He, well, he had a press conference today where he he talked about what his quote next chapter is. Which um, spoiler alert: he's starting a CBD company. Um, <laughs> but he he's he, his presser was kind of in the in the vein of the NFL needs to allow CBD as a treatment, which is all fine and good. Totally down with that. But he was brought to tears you know talking about how much pain he was in after the Super Bowl and how he just the the pain that you know Gronk another guy who who has been riddled with odd injuries his entire career and you know his great success but I also I think it was great coming from Gronk because for lack of a better word, he's like the barstool sports hero, right? You know, he's the party right. boy, the, the, you know, he appeals to a certain type of football fan who probably thinks that Andrew Luck is being weak. So I, I think it was great to hear his perspective as well. Cause I think he's, he kind of aligns himself more with some of the people who, who may feel that way. And, and, and maybe that offered a little clarity to some of those folk. But again, that's an argument, that's an argument and a conversation. I hope we have it now, but we didn't get to have in the immediate aftermath, uh, you know, in a lot of ways because of just dumb people responding this way. I mean, it, it, it's continuing to get kicked down the road, but when you talk about the generational thing that's that's a larger struggle that nfl and football as a whole is going to face oh yeah because you have for so long that a lot of these people surrounding this game said it was so noble to go out there and play with a concussion and play with injury and do these things and you have this generation that's called soft that's saying well that's great that you're so masculine but that's not healthy for you and you shouldn't do that you should be able to walk when you're 35 you should be able to walk when you're 40 you should be able to play with your kids and watch them grow up and you know not have cte 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the funny thing is you have one generation saying that, and then you have the other generation saying, well, these guys, they make millions of dollars, and that's solved. It's, it's a zero-sum game. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, it, and and it all it fits together also with the with you know the the two running backs right now and the one last year who are holding out for more money. You know, guys who know that they have a limited shelf life, and I'm going to squeeze every every dollar out of this. And I've had discussions with people who I love and respect, and who who have felt you know they felt like that was wrong. It was wrong for them to put their teammates in a bad position, and you know, and and not tr- you know, and not think about the team first. And, you know, I can I can see where that's coming from. But I also can see the fact that these guys know that they're literally going to be discarded in, 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 you know, 30 months and and they're going to try and, and get every every ounce of this out they can. And it's, uh, no, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. But I think I think it's just I I agree. I think we are in a, in a point where, um, you know, I, I, I love Twitter. I, I love the conversation, and I think there's a great um, there's a, a great big a, bit of community that comes from it and, and continues to grow in it. But I do I hate it when these types of conversations happen um, because sometimes people we're reaching a point where people just love to stand on these corners and say, "Hey, I'm saying this, yell at me, ha ha ha!" Right. Just and it's it's it just it ruins the whole thing. And there was so much other great conversation about um, you know the Andrew Luck thing. There was a great article in Deadspin. From a from a wife of a of an old football player talking about watching her husband you know you know disintegrate basically and I saw another thread of a guy who talked about his retirement um, you know that uh, that a college football writer retweeted it, it's there's so many interesting stories that we're learning and we didn't get 15 you know 10 years ago we didn't get these stories yeah man I mean so, I, I, we can we can I want to mention someone else and we can no, kind go of ahead, close, go ahead. close the it. close the book on this and talk. You know, global football, which is funny that we're going to talk about it right after having a discussion about the football problems. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But it, it, it has been kind of funny to see locally people react to this just yeah. a week after the Rex of Karma thing. Yeah. Um, because they, they, they've been like parallel issues. Um, it, it's the generational headbutting that's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, that's that's something I was thinking about today when I've heard, you know, some talking heads around there locally talk about that. Um, no, I, I but you, and you mentioned that I, I, I you talked a little bit about that in in. Uh in your column for the newsletter, which I, I didn't even mention at the top of the show, like I said, I was going yeah. to. Uh, thanks to everyone who, who read the newsletter. Go subscribe. I'll mention it at the end. It too. was fun. I'm, that I'm was glad really we're, fun. Glad we're doing it again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Chris, Chris talked about the newsletter. If you haven't listened to it or read it, read it you can check it out. At, on we, we tweeted about it and also at what high school or what high dot school um, online. So I, you know, you sort of mentioned in the newsletter that the same people who were kind of making jokes about uh, how soft the, the tennis team was were the same guys who were perfectly upset and angry that uh, Bobby Petrino was treating his players like crap. Yeah, you know? Where they went to make excuses for, you know, uh, yeah. the, the, the David Padgett team that had, that had to go into the struggle. So it was basically only using the argument to kind of fit the narrative that exactly. they, they were for them. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I completely but, we can kind of close the book on that. I thought that was good stuff, and I, I'm glad we had the discussion. So we can yeah, we can talk so. some global football now. I know yeah. we haven't really talked about it in the way that we wanted to because there hasn't really been much to talk about. Um, 
But the but the presser that happened recently, Scott Satterfield spoke to the media on Monday, yesterday. Um, it kind of got my juices flowing. I don't know. Uh, it got what, the blood what, what pumping. You, you ready for football, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like so. We now we now have back to back coaches that have said multiple times glowing things about Jawan Pass. Um, there were many times before the season started last year that Bobby Petrino talked about, you know, how excited he was to see Jawan Pass had that kind of thing where he maybe said Louisville is going to beat Alabama, maybe didn't. Um, that was a weird thing. But anyway, the quote that stuck out for me from Scott Satterfield on Jawan Pass was, there's times when he looks unbelievable, like really, really good. Obviously, he's a big, tall, and strong quarterback. When he stands in there and really follows through, it looks how you're supposed to look. There's times when his footwork is off and the ball sells on him, but he's got a lot better with that. I think he has an opportunity to really have a good season and play well from this. When I hear that, and, and I put together that, you know, uh, both, both of these coaches have also said that the receiving room is kind of the deepest. They're really excited about that. Scott Satterfield talked about that. When I hear that, I think about, you know, what if Juwan passes average? What if he's good? <laughs> we changed the opinion of this. I mean, then talking about four, five, six wins isn't nearly as crazy as it seems to go from that because – you know, you have the most important player on the field, and he's actually playing well, and he's contributing to a wide receiver group that's probably the most talented group on the field, and he's behind an offensive line that you would expect to be improved because, you know, Lefford, probably the a lot of people think the best offensive line coach in America is coaching them up. So yeah. uh, when, I, when I hear that, it, it kind of got my wheels turning. No, absolutely. It 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 definitely. I, I felt similarly, and I, I was I was very excited to hear sort of what he's talked about, and 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 you know he mentioned the wide receiver core, which is definitely a strength of this team. Tutu Atwell is a name that uh, Satterfield's mentioned multiple times, and uh, so so definitely key in on him in, in this coming matchup. I compared him, I think, to T. Y. Hilton, I believe. Yeah, um, which quite a comparison uh, to yeah. bring back the the Colts, uh, the Colts connection there. Um, yeah, no, I I think Chris. I mean. I, I keep coming back to it, to, to the idea of like it can't be worse, right? Like it can't, it's just, like it's it just can't. a narrative that we haven't really entertained. You have a guy that, that was recruited by Auburn, he was recruited by Alabama. You have a Bobby Petrino who, you know, despite whatever you want to say about how things went last year, despite who you think he is as a person, I still would say that he can look at a quarterback and say, "This guy's good, this guy's bad." I right. won't take that away from him. As bad as things were last year, so he's a guy who was very excited about him. You have Scott. Satterfield now saying similar things and that's a guy who built a program from pretty much scratch to to getting the credentials to get hired at a place like global so I just find that interesting I mean are, are two guys really that wrong in their evaluation of a quarterback no I don't think I I think the question is is mental it, no. it, it is it is going to be mental toughness it, I, I I truly I I think Jawan Pass is or as was at one time a, a great college football quarterback prospect. I truly believe that last season broke him. And yeah. um, and can he recover? Can can the culture that is created recover him and bring him back to a, a place where he's startable, where he's playable for twelve games? That's or you know you know maybe thirteen if 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 things go radically great. Yeah. Um, 
And and I, I that's the question that has to be answered, and I I don't know if we're going to have the answer on on Monday. I think we'll 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 get some hints at the answer, um, but it's going to take four or five weeks for us to get that full answer. But I am I I am concerned because there was I I, I think. The one thing with Satterfield being this culture guy that really throws me off because I'm I'm so used to even even you know the switch from, from <laughs> I don't know what, what we're used to at press conferences is not a lie because it hasn't been the last few years. That's what I'm saying is I'm so used to the press conferences meaning absolutely nothing and knowing that and being able to take like absolutely nothing at value and. Now I'm like, okay, well, is this real? Is this motivational? Is a part of building the culture? And I don't know. I, I, I'd love to believe and that's that's why I've had such a hard time this summer talking about Louisville football because I don't know what to believe and I don't know what to expect and I don't know where we should go from here. So uh, thankfully and gracefully, Louisville provided the the exact transcript from this press conference in, in an email. So I, I read some more. Oh yeah, okay. and, I, and I did did a little bit of digging, and this may be a little bit of a reach here, but I was thinking about it and I was thinking about it, and I think I kind of found a low key. Subtweeted Bobby Petrino here from Scott Satterfield. <laughs> and I want, I want to hear if you think this is a, a nab at him or not. It may not be, but so a uh, quote. So I think so many times people try to get get confused and they try to be, you know, do too much. So let's try to do what we do and let's get good at it. And when I thought, when I heard that, when I okay. think of someone doing too much and being very complicated, I think of Bobby Petrino because I think of 10 pages in a playbook for receiver <laughs> rounds. I kind of low-key thought that was a little bit of a shot at Bobby, but it may have not been. He opened his presser like that, and that's kind of what I thought of. Um, there is one other quote in here that I wanted to mention um, about the wide receiving core because when I saw this, I don't know. When I, when I listened to this press conference, there were a lot of things that I, I thought were positive. We'll talk about the effort thing in a second because yeah. I know you want to mention that. But this quote, it was kind of later in the press conference. He said, every game we play, there's going to be guys running free in the back end and we got to be able to hit them. Every game, we'll have it 100%. He's just got to be able to hit them because we talk about a guy running free and I'll overthrow them. We might as well hand the ball off, right? That's a missed opportunity. So you've got to drop the ball in there and give the guys a chance to make a play. And We've got guys who can make plays. When I hear that, I'm like... So is this Bobby still? Like that, that's a, that's a pretty big big statement, right? I mean, hundred percent every time we're gonna have guys that can that can get open and, and make plays. That's a pretty large statement for a two to ten football team. I mean, I I think no, I I, I agree, and I and I think. I think that, you know, it is going to be about that. It is going to be about impact players, especially in the defensive end of the ball. I, I, I think this team is going to be able to do some things offensively. I, I'm mostly worried defensively um, where they lost playmakers, where, you know, they, they didn't do anything last year. Like, yeah, they struggled offensively, but there were times they were able to score. And on defensively, people could score on them whenever they damn pleased. And so I, I think for me, it's it's it, it's about the defense. It's about finding the impact players. I've heard whispers that that there's the some of the core in the defense is, is maybe the weak point of this team. So I'm a right. little worried. Um, I've heard some whispers that the linebackers aren't great. The D-line isn't that great. 
you know, really hurt watching Jonathan Grenard on on Florida, knowing that Jeez, he could man. be in in you know suiting up for this team on Monday. Um, he would have been incredible on this team. That uh, guy, that guy just doesn't play last season, and then he's like, "I'm not coming back for this." Well, I don't yeah. blame him, but <laughs> oh, it's, absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's it blew a little bit, kind of watching mm-hmm. that and knowing that that's the type of impact player this team's going to need. Shout out to the Yankees, man! Just took a two zero lead in the first inning against the Raiders. <laughs> Absolutely rolling right now. I'm I really rock. respect how big of a Yankees fan you've become. And like three months. <laughs> which, is, which is my team. I, I And I am, you know, not to be this guy, but like I'm not a dude who jumped on when I was like five years old. Like I'm, I'm from New totally York. Jumping on. <laughs> yes. But you are welcome this year because we uh, we have experienced so many injuries. Uh, but alas, we should get back to the football. We'll, we'll I, I, I do kind of feel like that I'm like the, the PFT comment commentator guy because I tell someone that I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan and a New York Yankees fan I'm like holy shit I need to dial that back yeah that's no but I really enjoy it I really enjoy that uh yeah but shout out to Aaron Judge the uh the quote third fastest player in MLB history to hit 100 home runs who just hit his uh, hashtag all rise uh, but no that, that, that effort quote by, by Scott Satterfield no and, and the effort quote so I saw Multiple people. I don't have the quote on, on top of me. I don't know. Maybe you could look for it real quick in your notes, Chris. It was essentially along the lines of we're not there yet on the effort side. Yes. And I, a lot of people took that to be like, oh, well, they haven't learned anything. And I don't think that matches. I think that was definitely people who didn't listen to the whole press conference because yeah. that didn't really match what I gained for everyone else. I think that just sort of was like a clearly a motivational tactic. And it goes back to what I've said, what I said earlier. It's like I, I think half of this stuff is motivational. I think some – I think – the guys who he keeps, who he keeps mentioning, he keeps mentioning uh, C.J. Avery. He keeps mentioning um, Tutu Adwell. Like mm-hmm. these guys are are who are, are people who are going to be, uh, you know, Puma Pass needs to be a leader of this team. So he keeps mentioning him. But you 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 get an idea of who's Dorian Etheridge, another person who who are going to be the impact players on this team. And um, so I, I sincerely hope. Um, I sincerely hope Puma is one of those people, but I just I, I don't know how much of it is. Hey, Puma, I know you're watching. Don't freak out. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I, I I do wonder how things just getting so much simpler for Puma helps. Uh, yeah, I think that that's something that I haven't really considered over in the, the, the last week. I, I kind of started to consider because I spent most of the summer on on two wins for Louisville, and that was kind of where I was, and I wasn't really going to come off of that. And the last like week or two, my tune has started to change because of things like that because that uh, Puma Puma Malik both talked about media days how they never really got a full grasp on Bobby Petrino's system so when you have that and you compound it with a guy that's ripping you a, a new one every time you come to the sideline because you didn't do something I, I think that matters um, I completely you, agree and I you think have a, Go ahead, go ahead, keep on. No, just when you have a playbook that that allows you to, you know, I'm going to hand the ball off a few times. I mean, I'm going to get in the third and two. I'm going to get in the second and four, and I'm going to be able to make a quick pass to my tight end, who's going to run a five yard out route. And I'm going to hit him. Boom. I'm not going to have, you know, four routes going this way, a running back coming around, doing a reverse. All these different things to remember. 
it, it's a lot more simpler. I, I think that that's a lot of value, something that I haven't really considered that I probably should have considered. I, I think not to oversimplify this, but but what I'm going to be looking for on Monday and just to mention, I, we're, Chris and I, we are planning on having sort of a, a preview show. I think we're going to do sort of the prerequisite game picks, things like that. We're planning on doing that, having that in your, your podcast uh, provider of choice by Monday. So but but you know the not to oversimplify this but i do think the thing i'm looking for the most on monday is comfort is um how easy is it how how easy is this coming to them is it um are, just as you said, are we? Is it? Is it? Is Puma getting the time? Is is he look comfortable enough to make a short pass to get seven yards and make that make second down and third down easier? Um, is the defense uh, appear comfortable in complicated run sets and, and complicated offense? Really, I'm really looking forward to the offense versus defense. You know, j- just because there's there's the whole Louisville uh, connection um, with, with the with the uh, Notre Dame offensive coordinator whose name I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm escaping right now it's not uh, that important but it's not that important <laughs> but anyway but i i am a little bit interested in that offense defense thing because I, I do think louisville will be able to do some things on offense um, yeah. and uh, i mean he he talked about which is kind of cool having a guy like scott satterfield because he gets down to the the strategy and some of his pressers he talked about how notre dame runs a very press coverage and they're going to be up in your in your face the wide receiver's face so it's going to be interesting to talk about he said 100 percent. you know i'm going to have wide receivers that are going to be open and be able to make plays so yes. that's what I'm, I mean I'm going to be looking for that our guys our guys open first of all and it, it, is Puma able to hit those guys that are open and if that's you know if that's that's four or five plays a game that's four or five plays a game but that's better than last season completely agree completely agree so it's it's definitely going to be very very interesting and and we'll t- we'll talk plenty about it and I, so yeah I'm very excited I, 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 we're finally getting there before we switch gears here, I do want to talk about how I screenshotted those those pictures of, of Samuel Williamson and Dwayne Sutton with their, their Michael Jordan takes or whatever. <laughs> and I, I just got a notification. Samuel Williamson saw those tweets. I had a follow-up tweet that said something about them doing a mock first take studio at Louisville Lab. And Samuel Williamson just liked that tweet. So maybe we'll get, that, we'll, we'll get the discussion between Samuel Williamson and Dwayne Sutton about where Michael Jordan would rank in today's NBA. Uh, they're going to be having that uh, young woman who hosts uh, TNT things there, so maybe she can nice. <laughs> she can host nice. uh, <laughs> she can host that for them, and they can uh, they can have a little discussion. Uh, yeah. That was that was really funny. I enjoyed it. If, you, if you're not aware, uh, Samuel Williamson uh, basically said that if Michael Jordan was <laughs> in today's league, he'd be Demar Derozan, which is absolutely flagrant. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> flames, but I, I admire the kid for being a hundred. Percent serious about it, not backing Absolutely. down from the take. I, I I vehemently disagree with his take, but I respect that he has it. Go cards. That's all I got to say about that. Oh man. Um, so yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about a Jewish hospital for a second. Um, uh, yeah, let's take it down. I cr- that uh, I know Chris. You've you've really we've had discussions. A lot. Was, of I mean, it was a small thing. Yeah, um, it, it, it happened a few weeks ago. U of L opted to, to buy Jewish Hospital, who's kind of been, you know, fludging in the in the winds for the last few probably years at this point. Uh, they they've been in a bit of a financial crisis, and U of L find the opportunity to purchase them. Um, 
only putting $10 million up front, mm-hmm. taking some loans throughout the state from various people and, you know, obviously taking the financial risk to be able to pay them back. Um, my, my just biggest like simple takeaway, and we could talk about this for one minute or we can talk about it for five or whatever, but I, I do find it's inter- interesting that, that Louisville finds itself that they have an obligation to the city of Louisville to do things like this um, because Jewish Hospital obviously provides, you know, heart treatment for patients that can't really find anywhere in the world. Um, they provided heart treatment for my dad who had a five-way heart bypass. If they weren't here in Louisville, you know, I don't know if my dad would still be with me. So um, things like that, I found it kind of interesting, especially when you kind of compare it to uh, the Yum Center um, and, and the situation that was handled through Tom Jurich, who kind of just negotiated the sweetest deal in the history of deals um, for the University <laughs> of Louisville that kind of screwed over the city of Louisville. I don't know. It was an interesting compare and contrast to the previous regime to the one now so yeah no i can i you're you're i think you're really spot on there chris especially when you compare it to the m center and that's uh, something i hear a lot from people is is frustration that louisville quote took advantage of the city and the m center deal which uh, for all intents and purposes they did and um you know i i've i've uh, wrongly said otherwise and you know i think just in sort of the red versus blue of it and I, I think that Louisville, you know, under uh, President Bendapudi has has been nothing but an amazing citizen um, for the city. And they're really focusing on rectifying some of the wrongs um, in, in every way, shape or form. And and it seems like that's sort of how this was pitched um, to some of, you know, some of the faculty. And, and you know, that that um, that there's and, and the way that they've been able to manage their own their own affairs. They feel like they can do that on a larger scale and, and make it even a, a, a budget, you know, a budget positive at some point. To, I mean, just to kind of have some of the, I don't really know what the word is. I guess PR savvy to, to kind of make this a story and get it out to the media and hold a press conference and be like, look, we're doing this. We're purchasing this hospital. And I, and you can kind of draw your own conclusions about why we're doing it and why we feel we need to do it. I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting because when you talk about kind of the Yum Center thing, uh, the argument that usually comes up is that, you know, uh, Tom Jurich brokered the best deal for the University of Louisville that was possible, which, yes, absolutely is true. But there needs to be a little bit of a deeper discussion about what what the public university and the city owes the city itself, what obligation they have to the city. And I think they have an obligation to be good stewards and, and to provide the city with something back. And I just think this is a good example. We can kind of leave it there. I, no. I don't really know if there's much to really bite off of it beyond that, really. No, it, it will be really interesting to see sort of what's next in, you know, in that state of affairs. And it just, man, like if I don't think people realize if Jewish hospital had closed, it would have been so so bad. That's and you, a big deal. It's a huge deal. And and you mentioned you mentioned the heart stuff. You there's incredible research is being done there. That's um, being done at the Brown Cancer Center. And uh, I, I know folks who who worked there and um, you know work there currently and work there in the past. And um, it, it would have been an incredible tragedy to lose it. And I sincerely hope that this is the step in the right um, direction in, in ensuring a long term success. For, for that for that hospital because it's um, it's pretty critical to our community in, in a lot of ways and uh, yeah. I mean they're doing all that the the back um, you know the peril the the paralysis research paralysis research at the Fraser Rehab Center um, 
just a ton of stuff that that Louisville medically has been known for is is happening there. And the yeah. heart you mentioned the heart stuff. So yeah, it's it, it's incredibly important and it's you know, I'm glad they were able to work out a deal and it it seems pretty agreeable for everyone. It seems like leaders on both sides of the aisle were 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 in agreement of, of how it worked out. So um hoping for the best on that in that state of affairs for sure. <laughs> I guess we have like a few like <laughs> we can talk a little bit about like you know we we do the weekly thing at this point about Matt Jones because my God <laughs> the Matt Jones update <laughs> we are we are we are on him dude because it is it is like one of those things that's that's holding back the prevailing conversation about like where we go with the Senate race because obviously we talk about how you know there may be some other entries into the the Senate race that are probably just waiting on his decision so it truly is a big decision I don't know before you get to that do you have any like thing you want to say about the governor's race in general was there any there, there, there's not much new on my side that i really know about you know Andy bashir had a new commercial where he continually again focuses on health care and i'm curious when the discussion is going to move to to teachers um yeah <laughs> because i think that that kind of bodes in his corner maybe it's something he's holding in his back pocket but we haven't moved to that point now uh, but yeah, I, there's, I there's really... one thing i want to mention governor's watson i didn't put it in the, in the notes but I, I i tweeted about it i don't know if you saw me mention it they released the schedule for the debates did you see that yeah i saw you tweet that so if i recall and i looked it up i believe uh you know there were three three different debates for the primary and before that i i I tried to find the 2015 election debate schedule and could not find it but i was pretty surprised that there was five different debates that Bashir and Bevan will be engaged in. That who, who brokers that deal? Is it just a mutual agreement? It's a between mutual the two? agreement. Usually, it's both of them agreeing. And the way this kind of works out, I actually I can't even I can't find the 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 tweet where I said it. But it seems like they are going regionally. There's like one there's one debate in Louisville, one debate in Paducah, one debate in Lexington, and one debate in Northern Kentucky. And then one debate on KET. So everyone in the state will be able to watch two of the debates, but it will. I mean, I guess I could go and watch the the you know the WKYT one in Lexington if right. I wanted. You know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that hard. Um, but yeah, but it kind of just to 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 reach that. And then of course, there's going to be one debate on KET for the lieutenant governors. Yeah, I think I've got that. I think it looks like one in Paducah and one at uh, at NKU. Um, so I'm really, yeah, that's, that's just a lot of debates. And I think, especially for Andy Bashir, who was really bad, Chris, he was really bad in the, in the primary debates. I think there was a, I, I watched, I think all of them, there was one where he was straight up terrible, one where he was fine, one where he was, I think decent, like better than fine, but not quite good. I, he, but one thing, and I've said about about Matt Bevin, is say what you will about Matt Bevin. Dis, I disagree wholeheartedly with his politics. Every time I've been around him, it's been immediately clear that he is good at talking. He is good at debating. He will be good at talking about Andy Bashir. He, if he can stick to, you know, talking points. That makes sense and aren't. I don't. I think if he kind of 
his whole campaign at this point is Andy Bashir supports abortion, I think, mm-hmm. is like the the thesis of his case, I think. You know what had a way um, election in Kentucky. <laughs> and, and I get that, but I think he can honestly beat Andy Bashir doing other things. Yeah. Uh, he can talk his way around Andy Bashir. I, I I don't I don't doubt that in the but slightest. How many, how many people do you think are going to be this election with the capacity that a debate can change their mind? That's a great point. I, I, I feel That's like a great point. literally in this particular debate, maybe more than any governor's race I, I've been around, which, you know, uh, isn't a lot, uh, maybe three or four. Um, but the, it seems like everyone has their mind made up. The lines are kind of drawn in the sand about what you're going to vote for, who you're going to vote yeah. for, and why you're going to vote for them. Um, so I don't know how many independent voters there are going into these debates. I think Matt Matt Bevan has, for better or worse, drawn the lines so vividly and so brightly that he's either banking on these Republicans just coming out and showing out like they never had before or, or Democrats saying, you know, he's going to lose. So we're not going to go to the polls. See, and that's, and that's what I was going to say. And that's that's where I feel like Bashir is is missing the boat is that he – I, he he keeps releasing internal polls that look really good for him. I think he was up by nine in his most recent one. Yeah, there are not neutral polls out there. And Kentucky Matt, is, Matt Jones keeps tweeting them out too. By the way, <laughs> yeah, Matt Jones keeps tweeting them out. Shout out to Matt Jones. Um, there aren't neutral polls right now. No one, you know, Pew isn't, you know, or, or YouGov or any of the people who are or, who are doing, you know, the twenty twenty polls. They're not out here doing polls of Kentucky. My understanding of polling in Kentucky is that it's incredibly difficult to do. Um, mm-hmm. You just you can't get a good you can't get a, re- a representative sample. You're only getting older people. Right. So um, that that's that's kind of what I've been told in the past. Um, so I don't know. I think I I, j- I just think that that it, Andy Bashir. I'm sure he knows a lot more than I do. He's spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on research. But it, it it sure seemed to me like the reason why one of the biggest reasons why Jack Conway did not do well is because people in Louisville did not show up to vote for him. And that gets back to what you're talking about. The educators thing, that seems like something that, you know, it's not saying to Louisville people, hey, vote against Donald Trump. But it's also saying like, hey, care about public education, which I think people in the city do care about. That's a, that's and, a, no, you just mentioned it. That's another thing I kind of found was interesting because I, you know, Trump kind of dodged the question. He had that interview with that exclusive interview, by the way, with uh, WDRB when he was asked if he would return again for Matt Bevan with a larger rally. And he kind of didn't directly answer it and said that, you know, he'll be here for Mitch McConnell, which obviously I think all of us would expect for him for to, to show out for Mitch McConnell. That's a very, very important race. But it came out today from the Courier Journal that Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. is coming to campaign for Matt Bevin. And that was something that I've alluded to in the past is I do think that with such an unpopular governor, obviously, I mean, Trump's going to win Kentucky no matter what he does. I don't think there's anything that's really going to change that. But I do think he's going to be a little bit more careful on how well closely he aligns himself with such an unpopular governor such as Matt Bevin. And I think something like that is just proof right there. No, you did mention that. You know, you did mention that in the in the immediate aftermath of the primary. Um, you know, th- there's a level of Bevin wanting to you know hit up to the level of Trump, you know, and get and, and filter some of his popularity down. But I didn't even think about it that way. That there's some hey, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess this is just me kind of theorizing on the fly. I wonder if Trump thinks. 
I've got this election here in Kentucky that doesn't mean a whole, whole lot. It doesn't matter to him. It doesn't I mean, matter it, it to me. It doesn't matter to him at all. <laughs> but also, I can't use all my cards in Kentucky to piss off people because I really need Mitch McConnell next year to win. No. So yeah. I wonder if that's uh, – not to say that, that Donald Trump is some grand political strategizer, but I wonder if his people wonder that. Hey, he, we, he, we've he, got two guys. Good at, he's still good at politics in some respect. I mean, <laughs> he's, you know, he's a winner. He's, it's, it's what it is. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. That's – yeah, the Donald Trump Jr. thing was kind of hilarious. That definitely 100 percent feels like a Trump doesn't want to come thing. Yeah, that really feels that way. Dude, I, I can't believe that there's a potential for to be able to see him in the flesh. I just want to go and just laugh. Where is it at? Where did we say? I, 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 I did see the see the location of where it exactly was. I saw the headline. And I immediately started busting out laughing because I just think of the picture of Donald Trump Jr. in the alone in nature that I saw <laughs> everyone post, and I'm like, I don't think I can look at this dude and take him seriously. Like there are a few dudes in my life that if I see them in person, I feel like I couldn't take them seriously, and he is one. If I see him in person, I, I think I would immediately be laughing. It says Pikeville. Pike. So, that's uh, fun. He'll be, sa- he'll be safe there. He'll be safe there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if... Yeah, that's, that's fun. Uh, that's all I'll say about that one. <laughs> Just Don, Don Jim Jr. in Pikeville is, is quite hilarious. Um, Matt Jones took a photo of Rocky Atkins, and I think it means everything in the world. <laughs> What does it mean, Chris? What does it mean? It either means that Rocky Atkins is running or Matt Jones is running. I just Why don't not know which both? one. Why not both? Do you think both are playing? I don't know about both, but I do think Rocky Atkins is really thinking about it. I think Rocky Atkins stands the best chance out of any candidate out there. There you go. I I, I I don't I don't think you're I think he I love the Charles Booker campaign. I, I'm on the record as saying I think he's running. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's just waiting to see what happens with Matt Jones. It's sort of his rollout. Um, but I don't disagree with you that I, I, I do think uh, Charles Booker versus Rocky Atkins feels like Adam Eden versus Andy Bashir. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Rocky Atkins will win that one. And and uh, but I just would love to see a you know a, a younger Louisville uh, African American male run for statewide <laughs> statewide Absolutely. office. I think that'd be great. That'd be great. Kind of, kind of been quick tonight. You got anything else that you want to? No, we, to we did. We ran through this quick. This is a little bit quicker for us. Uh, I think because we just know you know football's around the corner and we're gonna we're gonna have so much more to talk about and we will get to it we uh you know as a reminder to everyone you know to to go check out the the newsletter the link is in the podcast i don't know why i didn't say that earlier now that there's a going out and then also of course the leo stuff chris did you do your leo uh your entry, your thirty, your thirty part entry to the. It is Leo. pretty obnoxious that you had to vote for thirty people, but it is fun. It really makes you think. It about does make it. you think. I've thought, you know, very sincerely about uh, about some like what is my favorite bar in the area. Yeah. So, well, what it, is it, your favorite bar? In the area? I, I went with Saints. I, I live just yeah. outside St. Matthews, and it's like Strong so. Choice. I voted for St. Matthews Bar, and I went with Saints. Nice. So. I, I went with a pearl, but I mean, it's just. I think oh it's yeah. All, well, I think best. Yeah, you know, I think. Yeah, you know, I didn't. It's all, I didn't it's, all pro, it's all proximity based. It's I all think. proximity based. Uh, I went my, for. You could do it by region. I think there's multiple region ones. I didn't pick a best bar in Louisville. That's hard. 
for for those that follow me on Twitter, I will be getting a, a frame for the Dan Dockage tweet. He showed it to me. It's here. <laughs> it's sitting on my desk, so I didn't lie. I, I did have it watching over me as the podcast recorded. It gave me the extra motivation to kind of get through some of the Jawan past takes. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm excited about getting that framed up and getting it on the wall here. <laughs> I can't wait, Chris. I can't wait for that. (laughs) Thanks for joining me, Chris. As always, this has been fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Subscribe to the newsletter. Get another one come out. That was really fun, Chris. So don't miss out on the next one. Thanks to everyone who enjoyed that. And uh, we will see you next time. Take care. Mm